Friendshipping is proud to partner with Multitude for some sweet ads. With Knowable, you can learn anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace through audio. Knowable is accessible on your phone and on the web, and each audio course is broken out into individual lessons around 15 minutes long. Each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, and more. You can get unlimited access to every Knowable audio course right now. Just download the app or visit knowable.fyi and use the code FRIENDSHIPPING for an additional 20% off. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is not being able to drive. Is that that's a pretty narrow theme. What's the theme? The theme is capitalism (laughs) again. Yeah, again. Oh, as always. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin, why don't you tease the question? Are you up for teasing the question? I'm always down to tease, Jen. This week, we are answering a question from a person who is having a rough time with the way that we've set up our society. We have set up our society around the automobile. You can't do anything fun. You can't go anywhere cool, basically, in most places, unless you have a car. And you know whose fault that is, Jen? Um, Henry Ford's? It's the Ford company's fucking fault. Because the automobile industry decided that we're not going to have public transit. They're like, dismantle that shit. Make some more roads instead, United States government. And they fucked us. And so this question, I'm so sorry, I'm like getting into, I'm getting into it already. This question is from somebody who's done absolutely nothing wrong and just was born into a society that uh, it requires them to have a skill that not everybody has. Yeah, man, Trin, you saying that reminded me of something that is bothering me. Um, And it's something I can't do anything about, I don't think. But okay, so you know, Chicago has something called Lakeshore Drive, right? And it's it's a beautiful stretch of highway. Well, what makes it beautiful is that it's along the lakefront of the long stretch of Lake Michigan. It's got running paths and ponds and greenery and it's lovely. And then someone on the internet made a very good point, which was, yeah, but what if that road wasn't there? And it was just all of that scenery and grass and beautiful lakefront without the huge right. highway. And then I was like, God, yeah, I've always loved Lakeshore Drive because of the views it gives me. But, you know, it would be even cooler if it wasn't there at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God, I agree. Like two of my favorite views in the city of Chicago are actually from Lakeshore Drive. When you're driving out of the city into the south suburbs, when you look into the city, right by Union Station, there's this beautiful view into the river and it's gorgeous. And then, and also there's this point on Lakeshore Drive as you're driving south where it looks like you're about to drive right the fuck into the Field Museum. (laughs) And I also, I I love that, you know, but you're right. It's like, I could absolutely enjoy this area so much more as a pedestrian. One, if we had better public transit, you know. Right. We have like world-class public transit and it's definitely still not good enough. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like, I love the L and it also sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like we're so lucky to have that public transit around the city and it's also still not that accessible. Uh, We could just be angry about this, I think, probably forever, being here yeah, specifically. For sure. For sure. Should is... we pick something a little lighter before we get into the question? Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like talking about your dog at all? I have never not wanted to talk about my dog. The only time I've not wanted to talk about my dog was three weeks and one day ago when I did not have my dog yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jen, she's great. So Jen already knows all this because she was the first person I texted when it happened this morning. So as I sat on the show last week, I had heard from a couple of sources that there's this three days, three weeks, three months rule for new, newly adopted rescue dogs. And after three days, they start to calm down. After three weeks, they chill enough to be bad. And after three months, their full personality is out. And we reached the three-week day literally today, today, today. And she misbehaved for the actual first fucking time. Oh, <laughs> Josie is so punctual. She looked, she glanced at the calendar this morning and was like, all right, I'm up. Here we go. It's, it's been on my schedule. It's time to follow through. I've had this goal set for a very long time that I'm going to be bad. But it wasn't that bad. Her behavior wasn't bad. It was just surprising for me as a cat person, you know, especially because right. she's been acting like a giant lazy house cat, which has been wonderful. Anyway, so I was out with her in the yard and uh, a dog was being walked on a leash outside our fence and she boofed at him. She gave him a boof. Ooh, a boof. boof. A warning boof. Yeah. So it was a boof, boof, and then arf, 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 arf. And then she got like, like worked up. And I was just like, I don't, I have no idea what to do here. So I ignored her entirely. <laughs> and I just looked at my garden because I was like, I sincerely don't know what to do. And so Connell came out and she was still barking. And he was like, oh, that's weird. I was like, my same reaction. I just, I don't know what to do here. That's just very strange, right? And so we bring her inside and she's still boofing. And we're like calming her down. Like, it's okay, Josie. And you made the excellent point that Connell later made over text message, which was she finally feels at home enough here to feel territorial. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, like she's she's protecting her home, her home base. That's what I thought might be going on. I agree. I think that that's probably what it is. And also like she immediately she calmed down like right after that. Like once we put enough peanut butter in her, she's she's just been, oh, like, yes. sleeping on the ground. Um, but she's just so good. And, you know, I I was frightened. Because as a cat person, I don't get a lot of loud from my cats, right. you know? So it was just kind of like, it was like, ah, and then like, eh, I don't know what to do. And then like, eh. So yeah, this has been an adventure. And um, I, this is what I learned from the internet. I've learned, do not reward the behavior. And uh, yelling no or being like, stop also rewards the behavior because the dog thinks that you're barking with the dog. I didn't know oh that. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. I didn't know that either, but that totally makes sense. It's super <laughs> yeah, cute. Josie's like, yeah, Trin, get in on this. <laughs> She's like, yeah, 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 duet, let's go. Um, and I didn't do that. And I only didn't do it because I didn't know what, what to do. So I was just like, well, well I'm going to do nothing then because I don't know what to do. Um, so, so what you're supposed to do is go in the yard and give her treats when she's being good. And then the moment that she starts yelling at a dog, like bring her inside and then she'll learn that that's unacceptable behavior. So I will keep you posted. Jen specifically, the, the audience, maybe uh, probably I'll talk about this on the show again. But like, yeah, this I has got been an exclusive look. Yeah, but do. Jen gets an exclusive look into <laughs> Josie life. Hashtag Josie is a good girl. Man, Jen, I sincerely appreciate having people in my life who are like dog people, you know? Like you have been an incredible resource, even just like letting me know when things are normal, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything you've said today um, about Josie strikes me as, yeah, that's dogs. That's dog stuff. If anything else, I'm a little annoyed at how good Josie is, <laughs> but <laughs> she's so good. Like, she's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe that. Like, man, I, I jo Mavi barks a lot. Like, she is very reactive and um, she's also talkative. 
and she's very opinionated. And, you know, and, and to put a positive spin on this, she's a good communicator. She, <laughs> she is. really lets you know how she feels. Um, but yeah, it is very sweet to me that the idea of Josie being like, hey, wait, this is my house now. Right. God. And I compare her to Mavi all the time because Mavi is like, she's the dog in my head. You know what I'm saying? She's she's definitely like Mavi is such a dog to the point like if you're not a dog person and you maybe want to become one, Mavi is not the dog you should meet first because she's I don't know. she's just a she's a lot. I love that about I love having a dog doggy dog, but she's a lot. You know, <laughs> she's got a, a big golden rump. I love her so much. <laughs> and, but so what's what's been good though is that like. Dargo Boogers is the doggest cat. So I do feel like I was oh. somewhat prepped. Is he still louder than she is? Like he still oh talks more, you know? <laughs> so, really? That's amazing. Yeah. My theory is that your cat escaped from a zoo, like a zoo or maybe like a <laughs> like a some some kind of like animal enclosure and he he escaped and he took he took everything. He took like the cage down with him. Like Dargo has a backstory that we can't even imagine. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. One thing that I really appreciate about Josie is that she has 100% left my, you know, my bucket garden. I have a garden made out of buckets in my backyard. Yeah, I love your bucket garden. It turns out that Home Depot buckets are, uh, they're very easy to steal. And they are exactly (laughs) the right size for most container vegetables. So just so you guys know, and obviously I don't advocate any crimes or breaking any laws whatsoever. But if you were to, say, accidentally take several Home Depot buckets out of a Home Depot store and put them in your house and put dirt inside of them, you basically have a garden. Do you have to cut a hole in the bottom for drainage when you use those trees? You do. And that's a very, I'm so glad you said that because I would have neglected to say so. It's actually, it's pretty easy to do the holes if you have the right bit. You could probably do it with any like boring bit. But what I have is it's actually, uh, it's got little two pointy ends that makes a circle. And it's very handy. Oh, very cool. So if you happen to accidentally steal a bucket from Home Depot, now you know what to do. Yeah, you should also steal a drill and uh, one of those (laughs) drill bits with two pointy uh, ends. Just ask a Home Depot employee. Honestly, Home Depot employees are my best wingman for Home Depot crimes. Did I tell you at the time? (laughs) Very recently, I checked out. I I went through the checkout this time. I went through. I went there to check out <laughs> and I went through, I went through the pro, the line with the pros. This is pro. I don't really know what it is. And this kid just clearly did not give a shit about his job. And he scanned maybe three items out of 12 in my cart. And I was just kind of like, I guess I sure. Thank you, sir. And now whenever wow. I go to Home Depot, I look to see if he's working and then I go through his line. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's he's totally got your back. <laughs> Just like, and once again, guys, uh, don't commit any crimes. But if you were to commit crimes, committing them against major donors to the Republican Party, to me, sounds like a good way to do a crime. Just a good victim of crime. But you're not going to do a Never. crime. But if you happen to do one, if you happen to find yourself in a situation where a crime <laughs> has been committed by you, this is the way to do it. <laughs> Oh my God, Jen, I needed, I just needed to be on the phone with you. I've been up like all night because it's a whole thing, guys. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell you. I just, I'm scared of mosquitoes. Don't, it's, it's an anxiety thing. Just mosquitoes, they carry all kinds of diseases and they're everywhere in Texas. And I'm totally cool with that. And that has never crossed my mind or, or been a problem with my sleep. Um, <laughs> this week, we're answering a question um, from a, a, a lady, she, her, 
who has ADHD and anxiety real, real bad. And it is uh, causing a problem with uh, driving. And uh, she's wondering how to get through it. And I didn't have to say all that. Um, We could just read the question, couldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Dear friendshipping. So I just turned 30 and I still can't drive. Not for lack of trying. I just have ADHD and anxiety really bad. And the anxiety part of my brain is convinced that the ADHD part will get me or someone else killed if I'm ever trusted with several tons of metal on wheels. It's a level of fear that I haven't been able to overcome even with therapy. I also have a slew of other medical conditions that keep me working part-time, so I don't have a lot of spending money for taxis or Ubers. Sometimes I get away with public transit, but my city's bus system is dog shit, and so often when I meet new people and they want to hang out somewhere, I just have to bum a ride off of them. The older I get, the more awkward I feel about having to ask for rides, both from new friends and from people I've known a long time. I've also noticed that a lot of people will literally just forget that I can't drive even after I've told them, and I have to remind them again and explain myself again. So my long-term relationship blew up in 2020, so now that we're all coming out of our hobbit holes, I'm in the position of probably having to explain why it's like this with me to new people as I try to rebuild my life and form new friendships. I guess my question is, What's a way to approach this upfront with people without info dumping too much? And should I be offering to chip in gas money or something? Is this even as big a deal as my mind is making it? And as we said, pronouns she, her. I want to actually start with the very last sentence of the question, which is, is this even as big a deal as my mind is making it? Because here's what I think. It's a really big deal to you. And that's what's really important. And I don't think that most people will find this to be such a major inconvenience. I mean, everybody has all kinds of like restrictions. Like I bring up my veganism a lot because it is one of those things where it's like, oh, it limits where we can go and like do things. But I proudly am like, this is, this is, these are my boundaries. This is who I am. And these are your boundaries. This is who you are. And it sounds like it's a big deal to you. It's making you feel very insecure, but it also sounds like you're working on it. So let's just start with, is it a big deal? I think in the grand scheme of things, it's not. But it's important because it is making you feel really shitty. Yes, exactly. Is it a big deal to your friends? Probably Probably not. not. Maybe, maybe sometimes, but no. But is it a big, it's a big deal to us because it's making you feel so bad and we want to help you with that or at least make you feel, put you toward, point you towards the right direction where you feel somewhat less, slightly shitty, less shitty. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, um, So I would like to uh, state at the beginning uh, my personal experience with ADHD and anxiety and driving. There was a time where I was at a job that I ended up having to quit because I couldn't commute there because during the commute, I was so anxious. I was having panic attacks. And uh, when I was first starting to drive, so this is long before I knew that I had ADHD. This was like a decade and a half before I knew it. I had ADHD. I just thought I was, and this is not a nice word to use for myself or anybody else, but I would have told you I'm just stupid, you know, because I would get in the car and I would start driving and uh, I'd be like, you know, driving with my mom in the passenger seat and I would forget I was driving and I would start slowly veering off the road. My mom's like, okay, okay, okay. You know, you're behind the wheel. You're in charge of this car, right? The car does what you're telling it to do. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's hard, you know? And I don't think that having said that, I don't at all believe that somebody with anxiety and or ADHD can't drive because of those issues. I, I can see how this is, I can see how these two conditions are influencing one another and then influencing you. 
And again, I think it's wonderful that you're working on this with a therapist and a professional. But I, I guess this is to say, please don't feel so alone in this. Being neurodivergent simply means that you are going to interact with the world differently than most people. And hey, welcome to the club. I'm waving you in, putting my arm around you. If that's what you're into, I'm doing a hover hand. If it's not, you're in with me, buddy. Like it's, it's okay. Um, we will find another way for you to feel comfortable without being able to drive. It is not the ability to drive or having a car is not the hallmark milestone of adulthood that I think you are making it out to be in your head. Yeah. And you know, lots of people don't drive for many different reasons. Yes. The phrase, um, actually, I don't have a car. Or, I don't own a car. It comes up often where, where I live and it's a thing. And so is the phrase, I'll grab a cab or I'll be there between this time and this time, depending on the bus schedule. So I know this feels like a singular, really lonely, isolating problem to you, but it's really common in adulthood not to have a car. And my God, you are not lesser for it. Like Trin said, we're really glad you're, you're, you're like seeking, you know, some professional help with this because this uh, your anxiety and ADHD. I mean, that's serious. You know, that's worth figuring out and, and managing. What's not worth so much anxiety is the, is the driving part. Like the fact that you can't drive causing you so much anxiety. That's what we want you to get away from. And the only thing we can diagnose you with is you're being way too hard on yourself, my friend. Yeah. Oh, my heart hurts. There are very few things that Jen and I can say we diagnose. We are certain. Yes, this is true. We both agree that you're being very, very hard on yourself. There are, again, like Jen said, there's a million reasons why people don't drive. Age, vision, money, uh, just uh, legalities. It, there are just a million, billion, billion reasons. And when you talk to your friends about this, and I mean, there are going to be people with whom this never comes up, honestly. I would not be shocked if you have many people in your life with whom you never discuss driving. I, I think it's less of a weird thing than, than you think it is. And, you know, you mentioned that you're, I want to talk about the fact that the asker said, my friends are forgetting that I can't drive. That's always going to happen, especially with new friends. And in a way, isn't that kind of nice? Like it's they, they're forgetting because it's not a memorable fact about you. You know, they're not thinking about the fact that you can't drive. Like if they remembered and raised you like and, you know, made fun of you for it, that would be a sign that, you know, we need to smooth out some stuff with those friends. But seriously, the fact that they don't remember kind of indicates they don't really care that much. Yeah. I forget shit about my friends all the time. There's only like, I have like some major notes in my head. Like I have a couple of friends who can't do caffeine and like I try to remember who's vegetarian, but those things and it, not driving is just, it doesn't really rank in my head. It's not a personality quirk. It's not a flaw. It's not like, it's, it's really, it's not really something about you. It's just a thing. I don't know. How do I put that? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I try to remember this stuff because I think it's it's kind, but there's no way to remember everything about every person. Like, your brain can't. Your brain is selects a hierarchy of information, and the fact that your friends haven't selected, haven't moved this up on the facts about you, to me, that signals that it doesn't bother them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think about it akin to other stuff that you would assume about a person, but but it actually doesn't matter. For example, I had a friend who didn't learn to ride a bike until she was in her 30s. And it's just like, it just never came up. I have a huge problem with right and left, which I heard is also an ADHD thing. And it's like, I, it wouldn't come up in conversation. You know, it doesn't really come up on like the day to day. When I tell somebody that, they're like, are you fucking serious? You don't know you're right and left? I'm like, well, it's a brain thing, like whatever. And they're like, LOL. And then you move on kind of thing. 
I would like you to start thinking about this driving thing the way that I think about my right and left, which is like, well, I fucking guess that is the way that it's going to be, you know? Yeah, it definitely broke my heart a little bit that the first sentence that this asker wrote us is, so I just turned 30 and I still can't drive. Oh, man, there are so many more interesting things about you than the fact that you can't drive. Yes. Like, you know, or that you won't drive or don't drive or don't want to drive. Like, you have a rich, interesting life with many things you can do very well. You know, like, it is it is okay. And you know what? I don't know. I just, I know it's hard because everything, the way life is laid out is telling you differently. The fact that you can't get anywhere easily without driving is probably feels like a reminder every single day of your inadequacies. So I want you to start fighting those just internally. Because again, it's not your fault that we built our society around car ownership. As I've mentioned before, I live in Texas now. And of all the states in the freaking union, Texas loves automobiles. The city where I live, um, I didn't have a car for about a week just because we didn't have one in Chicago because why would we need one? It was impossible to live here. There was nowhere we could go in walking distance. And this is, this, is not, this is not your fault. This is not your problem. So let's talk about how we approach this with people. And you said that you wanted to be upfront with people without info dumping too much. And you were allowed to make a lot of decisions about this. And, and the decisions that you make about the information you give can vary from person to person. It can vary on how you're feeling that day. And I do think that there are ways that you can say the words that will set up the other person best for giving you the kind of reaction you want. But if they don't give you that, that neutral or eh kind of reaction, I want you to remember that that is so on them. And that is so them, you know, the first thing I thought of was the movie Clueless where Cher Horowitz can't drive and it's like a big deal when she's only like 17, you know? Yes. Like, yes. like that's what's in their heads. It's not about, it's not, it's really not about you. Like you're, you're doing fine. You don't even have to phrase it that way if you don't want. You can do a white lie and say, I don't have a car. Um, are you cool swinging by to pick me up for this one or should I take the bus? You know, like it can be as casual and low pressure as you want. You know, you can say like, oh, yeah, I don't have access to a car. I'm not driving. Or you can say you could say, say those little sideways um, like white lies to, to, to get you safely out of this if you need to. But, yeah, let's talk about um, tr more language in terms of like ability. Maybe it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not I don't drive. What if, it, what if it's that simple? I don't drive. Uh, Jen, I love that. I think like being very simple and upfront and honestly, like, are those even white lies? Like, it's just it's omission. But I mean, there are lots of things you don't tell your friends. Did you tell your friends the last time you picked your underwear out of your ass? Like, no, of course you didn't. Like, <laughs> it's it's totally OK. Like you get to curate a, a certain amount. I'd love to go, uh, but I can't drive. Long story short, it's a medical thing. You don't even need to give them that much information. But if you wanted to, that's a good way to like give them a little toe in and be like, it's a long story. I don't want to get into it, but it's a medical thing. Um, it, and there are there are responses that a person could have like, oh, interesting. Is it your eyesight? Or And then you say, honestly, it's a lot to get into and we can get into it another time. The only way this affects you is that I do not drive. That's it. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, if you're comfortable saying the words, yeah, my ADHD keeps me from driving or, yeah, I don't drive. I have ADHD. They're not a good mix for me. I don't know. However you want to phrase it is you'll find the wording that feels right to you and it might take a couple tries. I have specific anxieties around cars. That's the other thing is like um, there are people who have a very difficult time or don't getting into cars because of car accident trauma. That's that's fairly common. Really, cars are not safe. <laughs> they're not they're not safe or good for society, really. So like that's the other thing is like I think other people will make some inferences. And again, I don't think it's as uncommon as, as you seem to think it is. And if somebody's like, why can't you drive? You can be like, none ya. And then they'll say, seriously, why can't you drive? And then you go, none ya business. And then they say, no, 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 really, why can't you drive? It's personal and not important. The only thing I need you to know is that I want to be inside your van. Done. <laughs> Please let me in your freaking van. God. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to touch on, not just like explaining yourself, which again, Honestly, to me, explaining yourself seems like the least important component of this because like, fuck other people. Like, <laughs> what do they need to know? You know, like I don't drive or like I don't like driving or I don't do cars. Like all of those things are so acceptable. And if somebody gives you shit for, for it at all, which they shouldn't and probably won't, then fuck those people. I do think it's also important to mention the fact that carpooling is a really responsible thing to do. It's very, it's environmentally, it's better for everybody. Um, and if somebody, if, if you are going to a place that another person is already going, especially if you're on their way, it's, I don't think it's a big ask. I really don't. So if you, you're making plans to hang out with new friends, they are already leaving their house anyway. It is not a big deal to pick you up, especially if you live relatively close. And they will build that into the hangout time. I know you feel like an inconvenience, and it's, but there's nothing in here that tells me that you are repeatedly asking the same person every single day for a ride and never offering you know, to pay or something like that is just not what's happening here. This is all social visits. These are all things your friends are voluntarily doing to want to hang out with you. So nothing in here indicates that you are being that you that you need to go out of your way to overly thank or pay people. Yeah, I feel fully confident that you are cool and nice and interesting enough that this tiny fact about you should not stand in the way of you being close to another person. It just, it's just, it's just so small. So let's talk about gas money because that's something that you mentioned. And I think that that speaks to how conscientious you are and how thoughtful you are that this is going through your mind. So let's talk about the guidelines for that. This is some just general guidelines. You're going to know best when you are inside of the situation and when you know the person. Uh, but I think that these are, these are some uh, good rules of thumb. So you probably don't need to offer gas money if one, you don't have money. <laughs> it, is, it is actually okay to tell somebody, hey, I really, really appreciate this favor and I'm keeping track of this stuff. And uh, whenever you need to move a body or you need someone to show up to your poetry reading or you need someone to help you pack, I am 100% there. Thank you for driving me. There are plenty of people who would probably prefer you to cough up money than give them compliments. We'll get to that. But lots of people <sighs> really are happy to carpool, if not just because they're doing something nice for somebody they care about and making a hangout happen uh, because of the environment. And like, I don't know, people like being nice usually. Yeah, they do. People like helping other people, which I know sounds untrue at this moment in time, but it is true. <laughs> yeah. The other uh, guideline I like to use is remember math. And math is difficult, and I'm not going to force you to do math every time you get into a car, but really think about it this way. 
If it's a short trip, like a few miles, it's under 20 minutes. I, I used in my calculations, I'm using Chicago. So gas is about $3 per gallon in Chicago, which is a lot. Um, and most cars, according to Google, get about 18 to 20 miles per gallon, which is actually pretty low, but whatever. If you are the only two passengers in a car for a 15 mile drive, you would only owe that person $1.50. Oh my gosh. I love, you know, I don't like math doing it that much, but I love when math, the cold, hard facts of math can ease your anxiety a little bit. Because maybe you're sitting in a car and you're thinking like, oh man, now we're sitting in traffic. We've been in the car like 28 minutes and how should I give them 30 bucks for this? No, no, that's not necessary. That's not how the math would work out. Yeah. Like if they were your Lyft driver and they are not going to the place where you're going, completely different situation. But you are two people who are both benefiting from the machine that is the automobile. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, and $1.50 um, usually between two people is, is not a, an enormous sum of money. This is something that you're probably going to want to talk to your, your driver friend beforehand. But I, I really, I think that that's a decent rule of thumb. It's just like do the math in your head. We got two more guidelines um, for when you probably don't have to pay uh, for gas. Again, if they didn't go out of their way to get you. Especially if you met them at a convenient meeting spot, that is a, a great move. I have been the friend with the car a lot in my lifetime. And when people offer to take a little transit or take a short walk to a place that is on the way, if they are not on the way, that is a, that is, that is a friendshipping 400 level move. That is super, super good. And you also don't need to give... Uh, think about gas money too hard if they offered the ride. Like that happens a lot at the end of Hangouts. Like, oh, hey, you need a ride? You need a ride? Um, yeah. And, and I imagine that you you are someone who wants to plan that out even before you get to the Hangout. Like, hey, will you be able to give me a ride? And they say yes. Rely on the math here. Um, remember that friends like helping friends. This is a pretty easy thing for most people to do. Not all the time. And sometimes the answer might be, no, I'm sorry. I really need to get to someone's house at this time. So I can't give you a ride this time. Um, be prepared for some of that. It's it's not you, okay? It's just it's just life unfolding as life unfolds. It's not that's not an indication that you're that you shouldn't have asked. So now let's talk about the times where you might want to consider offering some gas money. So the first and like most hardline one I would say is that if it's a long trip. Again, this is another situation where you can kind of do the math. Would it be weird to hand your friend a fiver, or would it be appreciated? It it just kind of depends on the friend. Um, when the total cost of the trip is over $20, that's when I would say considering, consider maybe Venmoing your friend like 10 bucks. And also that would be true if you've gotten a handful of rides from the same friend. And I'm not saying you don't have to be too meticulous about keeping track of this. But if you're like, okay, the, the gas and like the annoyance, I would say that probably totaled at least 20 bucks. Then I would say like, hey, um, I'm using Venmo as an example just because it's the app that I'm familiar with. But whatever app you have, just like send over 10 bucks and be like, thanks for all the rides. And I think that they would be very happy with that. Yeah, me too. Maybe consider offering gas money too if the friend wouldn't have otherwise gone to this location, and especially if it's kind of far or um, inconvenient to get there. Or you can consider offering gas money if there's just something wildly inconvenient about it, like maybe a busy airport or something like that. But yeah, what we're, we're highlighting here that offering gas money doesn't need to be something you do always or frequently or all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about some etiquette for being the person who is being Ooh. picked up. Because again, uh, and I want to say this as many times as possible, you're not doing anything wrong. It is not weird to ask for rides or to get rides from people. But, you know, it's always nice to be the best picked up car person that you could possibly be. 
One of my favorite passenger etiquette moves that I've seen for a long, like a long car trip is to offer to get supplies for the trip. So like this is for something that's at least an hour of a trip. Um, Like this is, we're talking like road trip levels, picking up like coffee, snacks, water, um, having like an unopened chapstick with you or like a couple band-aids, like you being the, the supply manager for the road trip is so worthwhile. And it's just very, very convenient for the driver. Yeah, that's good. And and saying that you'll do it like that that when they pull up to your your place of residence, you'll have coffee for them. That's awesome. You could also be the person that h- helps handle Google Maps and directions. Yes. Don't offer that if it makes you car sick to look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> as often is the case for me, but you can still you that's something you could offer too. That's good etiquette. Yeah, and but puking in their car is not great etiquette. If you can, so yes, I agree with Jen. If you get car sick, don't do don't offer for the maps. Yes, exactly. Did I tell you when I horked up in my bag in a lift ride? I vaguely remember that. Wasn't it? Didn't you have the stomach flu for like 24 hours? Then it just went, oh, and didn't your driver not even notice? Not even notice. So um, there were two different times where I kind of like, so I don't know what to have. I'm not a puker. I'm a pooper. You know, that Chelsea Peretti thing where like you come from a pooping family or a puking family. <laughs> I'm, I'm from, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pooper head to toe. And uh, when when I puked in lifts, I don't know what was happening. I was getting really car sick every now and again. I was just like, there's no fucking way I'm going to mess up this person's car. And I was in this lift and I have just felt a little something like rumbling, like, you know, you know how you do. And much like when I puked in my mom's coat pocket in church when I was 12, I just searched for a place that um, that only I would need to clean up. And the closest thing I had was my purse. And so I horked up. It wasn't food or anything. It was just like spit. I, I felt like a baby. And uh, the, dr- oh. the driver didn't seem to notice, which was pretty good. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, if you are, uh, this is actually a long uh, entry into, if you are somebody who gets car sick, just bring like a paper bag. Like you're okay. <laughs> Lots of people get car sick. Or Dramamine, if that's okay. Not like I've, I've taken Dramamine before trips before, and that's how I know I'm getting old. Another piece of good uh, p- car passenger etiquette is to be on time. Be ready uh, near the door, near the window. So when the car rolls up, you can go to it. Yes, absolutely. Like we pick a time. That's the other thing is like and this is this is earlier in the in the discussion. It's good to talk to your driver about the time, the expectations ahead of time. So, yeah. And I have an example from my life. Uh, this was a long time ago. This was when I was in high school. So the person that I'm talking about, you have to remember, this was like 15 years ago and they're a full on adult now and like they're nice. So like, just just get that out of your head. So I had a friend who had me pick her up to go to school every day. And I lived like less than a mile from my high school and she lived five miles in the other direction. And every time I would go to pick her up, she'd be late. She'd be at least like five to 10 minutes late. I have to sit there waiting for her. And It was rough because not only was she way the fuck out of my way, because five miles is not a long distance, but when you're talking about one mile versus five miles, it is. And then additionally making me late on top of that because you're curling your eyelashes. (laughs) It sounds like I'm being mean. Not great. It's not great. But it's not great. It's not great. It's not great. Don't make the person sit. And then if you have to, because something urgent comes up, like, oh, my God, my dog needs to be walked. I forgot to do that. 
you apologize profusely and don't let it happen again as as best as you can, you know? Yeah. And text as soon as you know that this is happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, even if they're like maybe one minute away, it is not too late to let them know that something is up. It's just courtesy. If they tell you that, um, you know, I actually can't give you a ride or I know this was our general um, setup that I would always drive you every week to this, but like I can't anymore. Just don't fight them on it. You don't sound like the kind of person who ever would. But that is indeed what happened to me when I told my friend who was always late no. to the five miles. She was just like, it's only like a, like a 10 minutes out of your way. And I was like, you're right. But it would have been one minute for me to get to school. And now it's 20. So like, I just, I can't yeah. do it anymore. <laughs> At least 20. Oh my but God. Again, that is so funny that they fought you on that. But we're talking about, you know, two 17 year olds here. So this is right, right. somebody who is in their thirties and like knows what is up. There's no chance. I, there's there's it's not even in my mind that you would ever do that but i feel like it's probably good you know do our due diligence and make sure that you're you're being polite so one buried lead here is my long-term relationship blew up in 2020 so you're probably experiencing a lot of changes um and a lot of changes and uncertainty leads to more anxiety so it's easier said than done but i really wish you to be more gentle on yourself because a relationship a long-term relationship blowing up is a major life change that's a big deal that is a big deal. A lot of, that's like losing a lot of foundation. Um, the way your life looked a year ago looks very different than it does right now. That's a big deal. Let's acknowledge that. That's like the only big deal here, too. It is not a yeah, big deal. Yeah, good point. It's not a big deal to not drive. It is not. It, it's not that it's not a big deal to be neurodivergent. Like it does. It's impactful, but it doesn't affect other people in the way that I think you you seem to think it does. People are not going behind your back and like cringing like, oh, my God, she doesn't know how to parallel park and she's 32. No one is thinking that. And this is coming from somebody who has a lot of like internal fighting with myself. Um, I, that seems like it's coming from you. In conclusion, I would like you to be a little easier on yourself, which I know that's that takes a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know what I'm asking. I know what I'm asking here. I'm asking a lot. But I really encourage you to um, and do whatever you can to move your headspace to a place that's a little more positive and loving to yourself. Because what if you here, like, here's just an idea. I, I didn't write this down. I just thought of it. What if you owned this about your personality? What if you were like, yep, I'm a happy pedestrian. Whoops. That's just how I am. Like, what if I don't know, what if you said it with a little more enthusiasm or kindness to yourself? Remember that there are lots of differences between human beings. Everybody has restrictions and, and boundaries. Uh, if you've got a friend who's gluten-free, you're not bringing that friend to Dunkin' Donuts, are you? The, she's not going to Panera, you know? Uh, <laughs> that, and that's it. You know, I'm not, uh, no one's taking me to like a Brazilian chop meat shop or something. <laughs> right, right. And again, I don't want to diminish how impactful this is to you inside of your mind. But I think I'm probably echoing your therapist when I say that this is this is you being mean to you. This isn't other people ragging on you. Your reaction to yourself is outsized compared to the problem. That's just my view. Sounds like you got you may have anxiety. It sounds like that might be something that you told yeah. us you were diagnosed with. Yeah. How interesting. Huh. Fascinating how how anxious people fascinating how people with anxiety can act anxious. Weird. Bizarre. God, we're on to something here. How bizarre. Anyway, this has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. If you would like to send us a question, 
Hell yeah. You can go to our email, email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, which is friendshippingpodcast.com. Go up to the right hand corner, click it dick on click a dick. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to say that. Um, click <laughs> Leave a, it. <laughs> click a roo in the right hand corner on get in touch, and there will be a tab where you can send us a question. Thank you so much, Ian Parman, for editing. Thank you, Monica Verma, our literary agent. Thank you to Molly Lewis for creating and singing our theme song. Thank you, Lauren Gallagher, for your work on our website. And thank you, audience for listening. And also, wait, wait. And also, thank you to the Asker's friends for driving. <laughs> thank you for listening and uh, getting into my van. <laughs> Get into my van. You're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem. I think that that, uh, I think that that, uh, that, you know what, cut, I don't know what I was, how I was going to end that sentence. So just cut that whole thing. Jen? <laughs> <laughs>